Welcome to the Renew Northwest podcast, a ministry of Christ Church Bellingham. Renew Northwest is dedicated to helping the church in the Pacific Northwest be rooted in the gospel, wise in the scriptures, and equipped to engage the culture for Christ. This episode is a lecture delivered by Pastor Nate Walker on Reformation Day 2023. Pastor Nate covers the five solos of the Reformation for the students of Trinity Classical School, another ministry of Christ Church Bellingham. We hope you enjoy this window into how we disciple our students, but more than that, we hope this episode renews your commitment to the great heritage of the Reformation and to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Good morning, students. Great to be with you on this uh, Reformation day. Uh, Great day that we uh, remember the... uh, uh, this great moment in history uh, when uh, many people came alive. Their hearts came alive, their minds came alive, their relationships and love in their hearts came alive because this moment in history, there was a great revival of people understanding the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so uh, this morning, as we, you're all dressed up and going to be celebrating Reformation Day, I want to explain to you uh, a little bit about why it's so important and what happened during the time of the Reformation. And, you know, one thing, reason why I think it's so important for us to remember the Reformation is because during the time of the Reformation, there, it was a time in history where the culture in Europe at that time had lost track of the truth of God's Word, the truth of the Bible, And so it was really affecting a lot of people's lives, and so people had a lot of fears and a lot of sadness uh, about that. And you know, it's very similar to our day. You know, a lot of people in our culture feel a lot of people have forgotten about the Bible and that the Bible is God's truth, and they believe in different ideas about the world and about humans, and so a lot of people are suffering because of that. And we could be kind of scared to think, wow, what's happening to our culture? People don't believe in the Bible anymore. But in the time of the Reformation, guess what happened? It was just in a time like that that God poured out his spirit and there was a great revival. And many people came to believe in Jesus and to know him and to have eternal life and have their sins forgiven. And so it's important for us to remember that what happened back then can happen today. And we pray that that would happen today. And so I want to tell you a little bit about what was happening during the time of the Reformation. Okay, during the time of the Reformation, uh, the church had, uh, over several hundred years, developed uh, an idea around the topic of indulgences. And indulgences was uh, basically a system where the church said to people, if you don't want to be punished for your sins by God, you can pay the church money. And then you won't have to be punished for your sins. And not just for your sins, but maybe for the sins of people you love. So you could imagine, uh, you know, first graders, kindergartners, you imagine that you had um, a very close friend. Maybe it was your grandma that you really loved. And your grandma, she was old, and then she died. And imagine that your pastor came and said to you, you know what? Your grandma is suffering in fire right now. And you imagine how scared you would be thinking about your grandma. And, and, she, and they say, she's going to be in fire for a thousand years. You imagine how you would feel. And you say, well, I never read the Bible. I can't read. I don't know any better. Maybe my grandma is on fire right now. And they say, but if you give us some money, 
to help build a church. Your grandma, we can, she'll have less time in the fire, and then she can go be with God. And you imagine if someone told you that, what would you do? You'd say, okay, I don't have very much money, but take my money because I love my grandma, and I don't want her to be suffering like that. Well, it turned out they were doing that with all kinds of people, and the church said, we want to build these great big buildings, and they kept telling people that the way that your grandma and you don't have to suffer for your sins is if you pay money. And it turns out some of the church leaders also were taking some of that money for themselves so that they could pay to keep themselves in power. And so you imagine the fear that this created in all kinds of people. And so what it was kind of like is like you imagine the gospel is like an apple. Imagine you're very hungry and there's this apple and you need that apple and you want to eat it. And this apple has been coated with poison. Someone has put poison over the apple. Now, kindergartners, you can raise your hand. If someone was, you were really hungry and someone was going to give you an apple, this is the only food you had, but it had poison on it, what would you do with the apple? Did someone raise their hand? Yeah, you right there. What would you do with it? If it had poison on it and you had to eat it, what would you do with the apple? Any ideas? You want to try? You don't. You don't eat it. But what if it's the only food you have? What would you do? The what's that? You forgot. Why don't you try right there? You what? You pray about the apple. That's a good idea. Okay, I'd pray before I eat it. Oh, Lord. Okay, how about you? What would you do with the apple? Okay, pray for it. You could throw it away, but what if that's your only apple? It's the only food you have. What about you, Micah? No, this is the only apple you got. Let's, let's try some older kids. See, Okay, you right there. What, what do you think? Okay, you can give it to them. But you're hungry. You're starving. What are you going to do? Come on, let's go. We're going to go back even farther. You're going to wash the apple. You're going to wash the poison off so that you can eat it. Okay, you got to find some clean water. And wash the poison off, and then you're going to eat it. And so what Martin Luther was doing is saying the apple of the gospel has, the church has put poison on it, and it needs to be washed off. And so how did he wash the apple of the gospel? Well, there were five truths that were the keys to the Reformation, the five pure, pure water that purified that apple so that all the hungry souls could eat it and, and know that they would be safe. And so today I'm going to tell you what those five, uh, five, they're called the five solas. Kindergartners, can you say five solas? Yeah, very good. The five solas. Sola means alone. And there's five solas. So we're going to talk about them today. So the first truth was Clean water was that the only authority is the Bible alone. The Bible, the sola, sola scriptura is how you say this. The Bible, the only authority is the Bible alone, not the traditions of man. The ultimate authority is the Bible alone. And so what Martin Luther did was he was hearing all these things about indulgences. He had all these fears about God and about purgatory and what's going to happen to him after he died. And so what did he do? He went back to the Bible, to the original languages, the Greek and the Hebrew, 
and he started studying the Bible, and he was teaching about the book of Romans, he was teaching about the book of Galatians, and, uh, and it was in the Bible that he found the fresh waters of, oh, this is what the church has been saying isn't true. It's not what the Bible says. And we actually need to get rid of some of the traditions of man because they have, are not what the Bible says. And I'll tell you, the fact that uh, Martin Luther went back to the Bible to read it is part of the reason we have a classical school. You know, when you're here in a classical school, you read a lot of old books. And you know why we do that? It's because in our world, there's all kinds of things that aren't true. And in order to go forward and get away from the truth, you have to go backward to the original documents. And so that's why even in, in, in first grade and third grade, you start reading the Bible for yourself. You don't just believe what the pastor says, but we want you to read it. We want you to know how to read. We want you to study it because the Bible alone has authority. Okay, so that was the first thing that Martin Luther was pointing on. Now, when he studied the Bible... He came to a discovery about a second sola, is that God saves us by grace alone, not by us earning his grace. You know, we don't have to pay money to God in order to buy forgiveness. God gives us his forgiveness as a free grace. And there was something that um, Martin Luther discovered. You know, Martin Luther, he was a monk. And he had a lot of fears in his life. And maybe some of you, you feel uh, anxiety in your mind, in your heart. Maybe some of you wonder, you say, you know, I know that I sin. And I wonder, what does God think about me? Because he knows my sins and he can see all of them. And I have fears that maybe God is angry with me. Uh, he's dis disappointed with me. And so Martin Luther had those same fears. He was a monk, and he taught people. And so he was living his life, and he was going along, and he was teaching the Bible, and he thought, those are good things that I'm teaching the Bible, and I pray every day, and I pray, and I do all these things. But he also knew that he had all these sins. And no matter how hard he tried, he couldn't get rid of all of his sins. And so he was living his life, waiting till the final day when God is going to make his judgment on him. And he's looking forward and he said, what is God going to say? Is he going to say to me, you are good and I love you and come into my arms? Or is he going to say, you are bad and get away from me and reject him? And so he had this fear, which is it going to be? And so he's going through his whole life living this way. But when he went to the Bible and started reading about grace alone in the Bible, he discovered that this is not actually how God wants to live, us to live that we live in fear our whole life, waiting for the final judgment. Because he even looked at Jesus' life. You know Jesus' life was perfect. Jesus went through his whole life, and he did all of these perfect things. He loved people. He taught about the kingdom. He died on the, for our sins on the cross. He did all these good things. But when did God say to Jesus whether he was good or bad? Well, actually, I just read about it this morning when I was reading the Bible. Mark chapter 1. Before Jesus did any of these good things, there was a voice from heaven where the Father said, you are my beloved son. With you I am well pleased. And Martin Luther realized this is backwards. You don't live your life trying to get God's approval. You get God's approval at the beginning. God says, I love you. And then when you know that in your heart, when you receive the grace, then you want to serve him because you feel loved and you feel secure and you want to show his love to other people. 
And so what God does is when you become a Christian and you put your faith in Jesus, God says to you, because you are in Christ, you are good. Now I want you to imagine this. You know, when God created the world and he said, let there be light. Raise your hand if you know what happened when God said, let there be light. Wow, we got a lot of hands. Okay, let's see here. Uh, right, <laughs> right there. Did I already call on you? I already called on you. All right, Canaan, right there. There was light. When God says, let there be light, there's light. When God says to you and pronounces on you, you are good, you are my beloved, what do you become? You become what he says because God's word is powerful and it changes you. And so Martin Luther realized, I'm not trying to work, work, work so that God will say you're good. God says to me, you are good and you are mine. And then his word proves true in my life. And so when Martin Luther was living like this, his life was a life of fear. But when he started living like this, it was a life of joy and freedom. And he wanted to tell everyone about it. And so if you're saved by grace, not by earning it like this, but just as a free gift, then that means that what are we supposed to do? Well, that's the third sola, is faith alone. And not by works. And so what Martin Luther said is God's grace is a gift. It's a present to you. So when we talk about faith and you hear about faith, in church, what faith means is two words. Faith means receiving the gift. Oops, receiving the gift. And what's the opposite of working? What's the opposite of working? Let's get an older student to tell me. What's the opposite of working? Yeah? Resting. That was one of the words that Martin Luther liked. Jesus has done all the work for us, so we rest in him. Some of you might feel in your life and in your mind, there's this work. I'm constantly trying to work, work, work so that God will say that I'm good. But when you know you're good, there's a rest that comes into your heart. And so actually being a Christian means having faith means that I receive God's gift and I rest in Christ. And so in order to have that rest, though, Martin Luther says that you need to know Jesus himself. And what had happened in the church was uh, uh, that the church had said, well, you know, basically Jesus is very distant from you. And, you know, the priests, the pastors, they can go and have a relationship and they represent you. And Jesus is pretty angry. And so the priest is going to go help Jesus calm down so that he'll be nice to you. And so you need, and, and Martin Luther says, that's not what a pastor does. My job is for each of you to know Jesus personally, to have a relationship with him so that you can talk to him and hear his word and know his grace and know his love. And so I'm supposed to shepherd you and bring you to Jesus and tell you about what Jesus has done and so that your faith is in Christ alone. Your trust is in him so that you know him. And so what happens, Martin Luther says, is when you have these four things, that the Bible alone is the authority, not the traditions of the church is the ultimate authority, and you're saved by grace alone, not by earning it, and you receive that by faith, by trusting in God's gift, not by working, and Christ alone is your mediator, not the, is, is your high priest, not the priest, well, what all this leads to then 
is the glory of God alone. So that no one, not, no one can boast. Does anyone know what the word boast means? What does it mean to boast? Let's get a student back there. You there in the back. What? Yeah, you. What does it mean to boast? Right. So if you think, oh, well, I believe in the traditions of man, what humans have done, and I earned this from God, and I did it by my good works, then that leads to boasting. But if it's what God's word, God's grace, that is a gift to only be received by faith through Christ alone, then who gets the glory? It's God. And so Martin Luther said that these five solas are the clean water that keeps the apple of the gospel fresh and like food for our souls. And I'm, I'm going to read to you one verse that, you know, in the Reformation kind of captured many of the themes here. This is from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. It says, For by grace you have been saved uh, through faith. Um, sorry, uh, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works, uh, so that no one may boast. For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God has done all of this work. And so you see, this is the truth and hope of the gospel. And these truths, when they went all through the culture, they ignited people's hearts with joy and transformed the world. And we pray that this same gospel, this same hope, would transform our culture as well. So I'm going to pray for us that we would be a school and a community that always cherishes this gospel. So let's pray together. Father in heaven, uh, we thank you for the, the age of the Reformation where your Holy Spirit was poured out on the peoples of Europe and many minds were turned to your, the Scriptures and the, the seed of the Gospel was planted in many hearts and bore such tremendous fruit. And we see over the last 500 years how the Gospel has now spread to all the nations because of this same joy that Martin Luther had in his heart. And we pray that we all would know that same joy that we are saved and accepted, not because of our good works, but because of what Jesus has done for us, that he died for all of our sins and he lived the perfect life in our place. And now, Lord, we want to live for your glory alone. And so we thank you for this grace. And I pray that each one of these students would know these truths deep in their heart. I pray in Christ's name. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Renew Northwest podcast. If you have been blessed by this content, please leave us a review, like and follow the show, or share this episode with friends or family whom you think would enjoy it. You can also sign up for our monthly newsletter at RenewNorthwest.com.